Kyle Sondland and Herbert Konings are founding partners for Security Token Group. All opinions expressed by them or guests on this podcast are solely their opinions and do not represent the views of Security Token Group or its subsidiaries. You should not take any opinion expressed on the show as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow any investment strategy. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Security Token Show. I'm your host, Harry Konings, and of course, I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kyle Sondland. Hey, hey. And we have got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We are enjoying another wonderful and warm day here in sunny Miami, Florida. And we're going to be bringing you the latest security token news, the latest offerings, and the latest secondary market updates. Followed by our main topic today, which is actually talking about the Bored Ape Yacht Club NFT collection. And could it be... A security? Hmm. Well, we're definitely going to get into it. But before we do, we have to thank those who make this show possible. In this case, it's actually a sister show that we're launching. It's a brand new show hosted by John Pittman called Open Tab. It's some amazing interviews with Miami's local tech entrepreneurs. You're going to have to catch that next Wednesday. But for now, check out this teaser. But he's not going anywhere. He's also staying here on the Security Token Show covering all of our industry news, followed by the amazing roster of content. But before we dive into any of that, Herwig, it's time for the top five. These are the top five articles Herwig and I found that you could not miss the headlines you need to know about what's going on in the space. And we're leading it off with number one, FTX. Ooh. FTX crypto exchanges are coming for Coinbase. They're working hard. They're raising capital. They've stayed private, which is interesting to compare against Coinbase. And they're a local Miami company. And the fact that they're supporting the local Miami tech scene, which we love to support. And FTX has raised $400 million more dollars at that top level at a $32 billion valuation. Oh Following on the heels of FTX US, their subsidiary also raising $400 million at an $8 billion and a $2 billion venture fund that they also have raised in the last six months at least. So they are just printing cash and they are deploying aggressively. You're going to see plenty from FTX coming up. The scoop is it's actually the same backers behind the FTX deal in the U.S. from last week as well as now this one. And that's pretty crazy because if you do the math, $400 million at a $32 billion valuation, well, that's roughly 1.25% of the company for $400 million. Oh. Sweet deal, Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> Next up, we've got number two, the I. IRS, supposedly, they will not be going after your stable coin earnings. Hmm. Things that you have locked up into staking contracts as well. Anything that you cannot touch right now but is earning you yield, supposedly, will not be considered as income this year until you at least, you know, probably redeem it. The one caveat here is that the case is still ongoing because while the IRS said they wouldn't pursue specific states' cryptos, they wouldn't say they would never do it for anyone. And so the lawyers are still pursuing the full clarity on if that's going to happen moving forward for everyone else. 
Number three, we've got Luxembourg. Luxembourg has been very forward-focused in the technology space, specifically in the securities, and they take it a step further here in admitting security tokens onto their securities official list. This is kind of their registry for any type of security, and think of it like any of those kinds of numbers where you get a, a specific number or record of your security. And so with this, it won't actually trade on the Luxembourg Stock Exchange or anything like that, but they will be tracking the data and be able to show all the financial information around the investment products, specifically for security tokens alongside traditional securities. In fact, the sole there, that's the securities, uh, securities official list, is debt-only products, and it's only available to you know, notable issuers, as well as the fact that the instruments themselves have to be priced in fiat. So it is a wonderful hybrid of Wall Street meeting blockchain technology, and one of those leaders in the space, Societe Generale, is number four because they went ahead and took the Ethereum bonds, or bonds that, that actually was over 100 million euros, I think something like 145, uh, and they actually listed that immediately onto the soul with the Luxembourg. So that's super cool. You can go and track that bond right now. It's got a, only you know, a little bit of history to it, but it's on-chain and all the information is right there on the Luxembourg Stock Exchange Sol. You can also see it on stomarket.com. You know we've got all that sweet, sweet security token data. Moving into number five, we have the Security Token Summit. You may recognize the Draper Gorn home team putting on amazing events in the past. They've done crypto events, they've done NFT events, and they've been very active in the venture space. And they're hosting their fourth annual Security Token Summit in New York City on May 24th. We're going to be out there doing something to collaborate with them as well. So you know you're going to be able to see some of our faces, and it's going to be awesome. So make sure you set your calendars now, May 24th in New York City. Looking forward to that fourth fourth annual Security Token Summit. This space is growing and it has some history now, Kyle. Mm. And with that, let's get over to John Pittman, who's got the rest of the security token industry news. Welcome back to my side of the blockchain. I'm John Pittman, the token advisor, and I'm here with your weekly industry news. So let's dive right in. Vanex, a financial institution with close to 82 million in AUM, just announced the launch of its very first cryptocurrency fund. The fund is listed as an exchange traded note, also known as an ETN, and will have exposure to Bitcoin, Ethereum, Polkadot, Solana, Tron, Avalanche, and Polygon. While Vanex crypto financial products are gaining traction in Europe, they actually face regulatory hurdles here in the USA. What type of hurdles? Well, last November, the SEC actually rejected Vanex application for a Bitcoin spot ETF, the usual. Another rejection that the SEC is considering is the current definition of what an exchange actually is. Apparently, these new proposed rule changes could affect the DeFi space along with new trading venues. Eric Gensler, SEC chairman, said in a statement that since Congress put in place the definition of an exchange decades ago, there have been many changes that we need to account for on these platforms. And right here, straight from the chairman's Twitter account, are a couple of those proposed rule changes. The first of the two is an amendment to enhance the FSOC's ability to assess systemic risk and boast of the SEC's oversight of private fund advisors and its investor protection efforts. The second proposed change is an amendment to enhance investor protections and cybersecurity for ATSs that trade treasuries and other governmental securities. Crypto's favorite commissioner, Hester Pierce, urges people in the crypto space who are operating or planning to set up any kind of trading venue to please look at these proposals, despite its daunting length. I wonder how the SEC feels about NFTs. Well, Chairman Gary Gensler, again, does have a public opinion, believing that certain NFTs should be classified as an asset class that belongs inside public policy frameworks, which means that there is a compliant manner in which to issue an NFT that plays by the SEC's rules. 
The way it goes is you create the NFT, securitize it, qualify it being exemption from the SEC, issue it on the blockchain, then list it on the ATS. With that in mind, three companies have come together to provide a solution for issuers looking to raise capital via an NFT sale. The first of the three is the Dalmar Group. Dalmar Group is a broker-dealer who are looking to provide NFT issuers with a chance to choose a more conservative and relatively cost-effective approach to Regulation A+. The second of the three is GARB, with an extra D on the acronym. So GARB is a technology solution that allows issuers to comply within their respective state's blue sky requirements. By using GARB to file disclosures, NFT issuers can qualify exemption from registration in almost every state. The third company is the PP Exchange ATS, operated by North Capital Private Securities. The PP Exchange ATS contains a central limit order book to monitor and match orders, report trace regulators, and transmat transaction details to executing brokers, settlement agents, and custodians. Samson Williams, president of the Crowdfunding Professional Association, even went on record to vouch for the partnership, stating that these three service providers provide a compliant pathway for NFT issuers rather than risk breaking security laws. In other news, while delivering a speech, Discussing the budget for 2022, India's financial minister announced the launch of a central bank digital currency as a means to bolster the country's economic growth. She also highlighted the possibility of a more efficient and cheaper currency management system made possible by digital currency. In conjunction with the launch of a digital version of the Indian rupee, the, the minister also proposed the introduction of a 30% crypto tax that targets all transfers of virtual digital assets. In other words, Indian Uncle Sam, he wants his cut too. Well, that wraps up your weekly industry news, but I still have a trick up my sleeve. Here at Security Token Market, we have been extremely busy in the lab trying to come up with fun ideas on how we can create and deliver even more relevant industry content to our viewers. And by golly, I think we're on the right track. We have the Security Token Show, which comes out on Mondays, and we've recently launched Spilling the NFT, hosted by our girls, Megan and Jess, that comes out every Tuesday. And now we have something that comes for you out on Wednesdays. We have another show doing its debut premiere. It's called Open Tab. It's hosted by myself, the Token Advisors. For those that don't know, I have a strong bartending background, so the concept just made sense. But enough talking for me. Go ahead, check this trailer out. Welcome to my side of the block. I'm John Pittman, also known as the Token Advisor. So came to Miami as a bartender. Now I work in the blockchain space as Security Token Advisors here on OpenTab. I want to take a chance to highlight some of the amazing people that I get a chance to meet at the bar and their influence in the tech community. So stay tuned. Here we go. Uh, going to be a good year for the blockchain. I can smell it. Well, Megan is up next with your SEO updates, and I will hopefully catch you tokenizers this Wednesday at the bar or next week on the other side of the blockchain. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to SDO Updates, where we share all of the breaking news around what we call Wall Street of the Metaverse. Before we begin, we're dropping episode two of Spilling the NFT this Tuesday, February 8th. This is a very special episode because we have the visionary himself, Herwig Konings. He's joining us on the Meta Yacht, and he is spilling the tea. Be, be sure to follow Spilling the NFT on our Twitter, at Spilling the NFT, and follow us on Instagram, Spilling the NFT 305. We have exciting giveaways coming up, like NFT and physical art giveaways. Okay, let's get into the thick of it. <laughs> Logical Content Ventures have announced their initial closing at 10 million euros in the form of a security token offering. They are the first fully tokenized European investment fund 
for the co-production of films and series, targeting both investors, family offices, institutions. Logical Content Ventures opens the fin financing of movies and series to investors wishing to diversify their investment portfolio. The tokenization of Logical Content Ventures has two advantages, liquidity and increased transparency in the allocation of income. They are using the Tezos blockchain, which was chosen specifically for its efficient, energy efficient technology and enhanced security and stability. So next we have Estate X. They are aiming at starting a revolution in the real estate market, aiming to bring the benefits of investing in real estate to everyone interested without the need to manage properties yourself. Their vision is to create a sustainable power shift geared towards opportunity and wealth. Estate X tokenization ecosystem fully supports a new wave of online investors, developers, and real estate owners. Their easy to use platform offers real estate investment options with high returns, 24 seven tradable secondary marketplace, instant loans, and liquidity to your assets. Estate X security tokens were deliberately chosen. By using security tokens, the value of real estate assets is fixed and cannot be changed by token and or crypto pricing changes. These tokens can be traded on the secondary marketplace. So that's all for today. If I don't catch you on spilling the NFT, I'll see you right back here next week. But now let's send it over to my favorite segment and hear from the most energetic and inspiring personality on the team, SJS.ETH. Hello and happy Monday, the first Monday of February. Before we get into this week's market updates, let's flash back to the momentous news of January. And what a January it was. It feels like forever ago, but we started the year with the market cap below $1 billion and struggling to find any footing at all. Much of this was in part due to Overstock losing over 50% of its value, dropping it below INX as the most valuable trading security token, the first time we've seen this. INX, after taking over Valdi Investments, received the news that the Canada-based capital pool company received conditional approval for the listing of common shares on the NEO exchange. And just as things were looking bleak, Dignity Corp, a blockchain development company that relies on security tokens to unlock new ways of investing in the United States precious metals, mining, and mineral sector, began trading, catapulting the market cap to get this, over $3.5 billion. Ravencoin experienced its first ever halving, cutting block rewards in half, from 5,000 per block to 2,500. This means that it will now theoretically take less upside buying pressure to push the coin to new highs. Blockstream Mining, a company that offers international investors exposure to Bitcoin mining through a security token issued on the Liquid Network, has officially gone live. After raising over 38 million US dollars through seven different tranches, Blockstream is flush with cash and ready to provide investors of all sizes direct exposure to the benefits of owning Bitcoin miners. And just last week, Gemini Markets was approved for FINRA membership and with it, the ability to operate as a broker-dealer registered with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission so they can officially become an ATS. And today, Curzio Markets will officially go live on T0 after leaving the merge exchange. The market is up roughly 2.6% from last week's update as the president token value is just over $3.7 billion. That's all for now, but have an amazing rest of your week and I cannot wait to see you next Monday. Wakey, welcome to Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Vancom. Morgan Stanley sees a $8 trillion metaverse market in China alone. And in that valuation, they excluded NFTs. 
I need one of these future predictors to come up with a global valuation because I am twitching. With everyone talking about metaverse land grabs and valuations, I hear very little about the poached talent. Ryan Wyatt, head of YouTube gaming, leaves Google to join Polygon Studios. He is the man behind some of the biggest YouTube gaming partnerships in the last seven years. Partnership experience that he is now bringing to the Polygon's adoption division as its CEO. Next, OpenSea admits that at least 80% of the NFTs hosted on its platform are plagiarized or knockoffs. I'm wondering what this means for their evaluation. Only time will tell, but stay tuned. Next, we have Fidelity seeking SEC approval for a metaverse ETF. The financial services giant filled an application for an ETF that would track companies developing and selling products for the metaverse. And last but not least, the Board 8 Yacht Club creators are in funding talks with A16Z Venture Capital and seeking a $5 million evaluation. That was Inside the Metaverse with your host, Eve Bango. Thank you, Eve, for that wonderful Metaverse update. And now we can get into our main topic for the day, episode 126. We're going to be talking about the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And guess what, Kyle? We get to be the party poopers because <laughs> guess what? There's a chance, just a chance, that the SEC could consider these NFTs securities. And we're going to discuss why. But before we do, we, of course, need to have our companies of the week. This is where Kyle and I each award a company that we thought was making the biggest moves in the space last week. Kyle, I am eager to hear who do you got. Look, for me, it's it's got to be one of the most, I think, closest things to us because a, a close friend of the company, specifically you and I, have worked with them quite a few times in the past, Frank Curzio. Curzio Research has officially listed onto T-Zero as of today of the publishing wow. time. He, I know this has been a huge goal for him for years now. We're so excited to congratulate him to be listed on T-Zero, a US ATS, to be trading. This is his equity in his company, Curzio Research. It's a financial newsletter, media company. And we've worked with him at the STA level, consulting-wise, on a lot of fun stuff in the past. And we're just so excited to see him succeed. So congratulations to Curzio Research, Frank and his team, Veronica and others for doing amazing stuff. We, we can't wait. We're your biggest fans. Absolutely. Congratulations. You've been talking about it for quite some time now, and now it's actually happened. You made history the 10th security token to be listed by Securitize, and now one of the first top 10 security tokens to get listed on T0. Curzio, you've been making history. Great company of the week. How about you? Well, I have to give it to Solana Pay. So for those of you who are big Solana heads and following this up and coming blockchain, they actually recently came out with a SDK and a whole payments protocol so developers can easily integrate a crypto payment solution enabling merchants to accept crypto instantaneously. This is instant settlement. This is me paying you with crypto directly and it includes a USDC integration. So now you can enable mm. fiat as well. So this makes it possible where you don't have to worry about price changes both from my perspective as well as from your perspective as a potential merchant. Instead, we can just transact it with, with our USDC in a simple instant QR code payment solution for merchants and for customers. So I think that's fantastic. This is a payments rate 
whale that is critical for the blockchain ecosystem to materialize into the real world, to, to have that bridge. And for those of you, you know, who have heard about blockchains for some time now and, and cryptocurrencies, I think one of the common, you know, conceptions that people or the fallacies that they go after is the fact that it's all about transactions per second. It's about competing with the payment process of the world, aka Visa, MasterCard, who owns the majority of this industry, and their supposed 24,000 transactions per second that they handle. Now, if you dig in a little deeper, some sources claim that it's not even quite 24,000. In fact, fractions of that. But in this case, the Solana blockchain supposedly claims to be able to handle up to 65,000 TPS. So that just goes to show you that this technology is here. It is advanced. It is potentially the future. And Solana Pay makes it possible for actually the economy and for merchants and for customers to leverage this new infrastructure and this new technology. And that's why they're my company of the week. Crypto is just faster and cheaper than traditional payment systems. So it only makes sense they're coming right to the throat of the traditional sector. On just that like they are for securities. So mm. let's get into our main topic, Kyle. Not quite securities, or are they? The Board Ape Yacht Club. Mm. For those of you who maybe not have heard about it, Kyle, want to break it down? Yeah, so we've got two pieces here, right? The, this comes on the heels of the current event that just happened, where you have Yuga Labs, Y-U-G-A Labs, which is the company that behind the Board Ape NFT collection, they just raised at a nearly $5 billion valuation from Andreessen Horowitz. They raised mil, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to do that. And so this was starting to make everybody think, okay, well, who is Yuga Labs? Well, it's, it's really just a couple of guys that maybe is now a bigger team at this point that has facilitated the issuance of these Board Ape NFTs, but we've started to see on the other side, Hester Pierce has talked about the growing skepticism from the SEC around if NFTs themselves are securities. And so now Yuga Labs is selling their own actual securities, which are the investment in the company, and they also are selling products that are generating them revenue, which could potentially be securities. So we're really gonna start to untangle that whole mess today. Yeah, you know, this is eerie a little bit for those who were around in 2017, 2018, when ICOs themselves started to get attention from the regulators and shortly afterwards starting to get a lot of enforcement actions. I mean, they started flying at projects left and right, and it created this feeling that no one was safe. And right now, NFTs feel pretty safe. We haven't seen the SEC step in, but as Kyle pointed out, there is this potential issue. And so with this rise of issuers like Yuga Labs, as Kyle mentioned, issuing these NFT collections are they just art or are they something more when you start to add all these variety of different perks and you have a variety of different potential shareholders if you start to fractionalize? Things get very interesting, but let's back up. You've got the Board Ape Yacht Club, which actually ended up becoming one of the most highly traded, if not the most highly traded NFT collection in history today. It is a series of 10,000 different Board Apes. They all have their own unique characters. And if you own it, as part of owning the token, you also have the IP rights behind that board ape. So let me give you an example. Someone who owns these board apes actually teamed up with Universal, and Universal Group is now announcing a whole new rock band, a new band that's in the metaverse. It's going to be creating their own music, and the characters are not individuals, no humans, no Justin Bieber's here. We're talking about board apes being the stars of this band. And so that is the potential use case of how you can use your IP, right? Because now you can sell music, now you've got characters, merch, all kinds of stuff. So the ability for you to use your board ape and create value thanks to these IP rights, that's definitely a big deal. And that's part 
of their value. And that's why people want to buy them beyond also, of course, status symbol. Uh, the fact that you own one is a big deal because it is the rarest collection within the NFT world. And more importantly, you do get to participate in the community of Board 8 members, which does have all kinds of perks, right, Kyle? Yeah, and, and so I think you made a great point about the value of the NFT. I think the next logical question is, okay, well, if Yuga Labs is selling these NFTs and the NFT owner has the intellectual property, how can the company be valued at $5 billion? That seems what ridiculous, but it actually makes a little more sense than you might think. And so here's where Yuga Labs makes their money. It's in two different places. It's in the primary issuance of the NFT, and it's in the secondary trading of the NFT. These are terms that we use here on the Security Token Show all the time, which maybe is why the SEC is starting to think about it a little bit. But either way, the primary sale is when they actually allow you to mint the NFT and create it out of random, out of thin air, is when the collection first comes to market. And they actually make a ton of money on that because it's essentially like the cost of seniorage, if you know about economics, where for them, minting it is very cheap. It's just the gas fees that they pass through to the person, but then they charge them one Ethereum or two Ethereum or five or 10 or 20 to actually have the right to mint one. So they get to pocket essentially that whole thing, which covers the cost of the designers and all these different things that, that you know they had obviously had to make it. But... Long story short, they made $100 million on the Mutant Ape Yacht Club, which is their offshoot of the Board Apes. It was a second kind of issuance that they did earlier this year. And they made $100 million just on minting alone from that, that collection, which is like 5,000 or 15,000 total or something. I don't remember exactly the number, but either way, $100 million on that one alone. They also have the Board Ape Kennel Club, which is another funny offshoot. And then of course, the Board Apes themselves, and they were originally minted. So that's where they can make money from there, as well as the secondary trading. Board Apes take 2.5% of every transaction, which has totaled over, I think it was $100 million on that one as well, in secondary transactions for Board Apes, Mutant Apes, and Kennel Club. So if you take their total revenue over the last 12 months, you're actually really looking at almost $200 plus million in revenue, which when you apply a 50x revenue multiple to it, you're starting to get to these crazy valuations. It doesn't seem that crazy if you think that Board Apes are going to continue to trade or continue to go up in valuation, as well as to launch additional assets like the, the you know, subsequent yeah, if you collections. you aren't familiar with all this, currently the, the lowest price, they call it a floor price, for one of these uh, bored apes is trading at around $300,000, 100 ETH. At, at, you know, if you put the math together, 10,000 in the collection, that's almost a $3 billion market cap is sitting at right now. That is pretty crazy. But of mm. course, why is it less than $5 billion? Because, as Kyle pointed out, future issuances more secondary trading because there's more value behind them, suddenly the company does $500 million in revenue the following year solely because of the demand and the growth behind the project. And so now Yugo Labs has a real interest in making these NFTs uh, an actual huge success. And so let's go back to our securities laws, our Howey test. You know, this is where both Hester Pierce as well as the commissioner of the SEC, uh, chairman I should say, they're both commissioners. So you got two of the five commissioners saying, hey, NFTs could potentially be securities, and why? Because one, there needs to be an investment. Well, in this case, you are purchasing, as Kyle pointed out, they made $100 million from people purchasing these NFTs. This could be seen as an investment when people are expecting some kind of a return. You're getting IP rights, you might be getting more airdrops, 
There's rumor that they're going to be launching now a utility token behind the community as well. So there's additional value there. It's a third party doing and those now, things. Exactly. So value. that's where we get to. And now the one of the second prongs of this is the fact that there is a third party making you a return of your value. Right. It's not you. It's not what you have. It's actually, in this case, it seems like Yuga Labs might have a vested interest in making sure that your NFT that you've purchased is indeed valuable. And finally, they're promoting this. There's efforts that this is one of these things that that's one another one of the things that the SEC looks at, the fact that, okay, this starts to look a lot like a business. And when it uh, walks like a duck and looks like a duck <laughs> and quacks like a duck, that's where people start to say it probably is a duck. And that's where they're is a potential possibility, a potential case that the Bored Ape NFTs are indeed securities. Yeah, Gensler really said it exactly the same way, except in a, a succinct way recently that you just said. Basically, if an investor expects profits based off the promoter's efforts, then it may fall under SEC jurisdiction. So if you're buying these things and Yuga Labs is raising hundreds of millions of dollars to build out this ecosystem of Bored Apes, which should create more value for the Bored Ape holders, it does start to make you wonder, what, you know, where are these lines, right? Whether board apes are securities or not, there do need to be lines here that are need to be drawn because we're seeing fractional NFTs, right? Where you're buying a share of an NFT. So now you don't actually own the NFT, you don't get the art, you don't get the community, you just get an investment share. That starts to feel like it's an investment, maybe it's a security. You've got real estate deeds that are in NFTs, right? Where you own a house by owning this NFT. That doesn't feel like art. That feels like an investment a little bit. Some cryptocurrency, or if not almost all of it, according to Gensler, could potentially be securities as well. Or you've got staking protocols like we saw with Coinbase getting their Wells notice, BlockFi having some investigations and others where they're allowing you to get a significant return for staking your cryptocurrencies, and the SEC has said they're not quite sure how they feel about that either. So there's a lot of these different pieces and components that start to feel like traditional securities actions, and we need to figure out what's allowed and what's not. That's right, that gray area continues to you know, plague the crypto industry here, but point in case of this main topic, NFTs, they could indeed be securities. The SEC could start going after them. And we just made the case with Board Ape for you. So hopefully you learned something. That's why we're going to try to keep getting you back every week, every Monday. We've got all of the latest news and updates for you from the industry. So definitely like and subscribe. We appreciate the love and support. You can reach out to Kyle and I. We're available on Twitter, on LinkedIn. We love comments, suggestions, feedback, questions. And of course, we would love to see you again next week. Subscribe to the What's Drippin' newsletter. Do it all. You can find us everywhere. Happy tokenizing. <laughs>